Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to be talking about, or we're going to answer the question, how can we control sinful impulses? I have a Bible study I teach on it, and I use the same it's the same issue, and I call it, why do Christians do dumb things? Right. <laughs> <laughs> we are in a battle, Johnny. We are. Yeah. And you know, the truth is, we do some pretty silly things. I think that was what Paul was talking about in Romans 7, wasn't it? Uh, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I want to do, I don't. Yeah. Hey, we're on a roll here, Johnny. <laughs> and, and, but, but that's the reality. Sometimes we, we come upon a decision that we have to make. And if we're not careful, we give in to it. Yeah. And these are not big life directional issues. These are everyday yep. impulses. But it's the everyday impulses when we fail that cost us our spiritual walk. Yeah, makes us or breaks us. Yeah. It's not our salvation. that It doesn't cost us our salvation, but it does cost us our relationship with Christ. In other words, our fellowship. We break fellowship with Jesus. Yeah, we quench the spirit. Right. Yeah. Right. So, hey, I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to talk about how do we control sinful impulses so that they don't take over our life and they don't destroy us. Amen. We need help. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you. Father, I pray your hand upon this hour as we lift you on high. Father, as we learn and we grow, I pray for the listener as they listen that they learn and grow as well. Father, be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. The reality is, um, dude, it's just not easy sometimes to control impulses. Yeah, as a matter of fact, left to ourselves. Oh, my goodness. We, uh, yeah, we fall short of his glory. But that's the neat part. We're not left to ourselves. Right. Well, and all of us struggle uh, overcoming impulses. As a matter of fact, James tells us why we struggle. In James 1.14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love how you got this laid out. We're going to go from the beginning and, and where this problem uh, erupts. Where it originated. Yeah, where it started. And then uh, <laughs> here we are swimming in the cesspool of uh, yeah. So of do we? So do we blame the women for this? Oh, no, I'm just <laughs> Adam tried that. It failed. He, that's, that's where he went immediately. It, think about that, right? His impulse was to self-preservation. Yeah. Blame, blame shift. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't, it was the woman you gave me, yeah. God. Blaming her directly and God indirectly. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it, goes, it goes back to original sin, the fall oh, of man, man. the depraved, depraved nature. I remember in Bible college learning about the fall, that our intellect was darkened, our will was made rebellious, our affections were made, uh, were perverted. And uh, that's the battle we live in. And, of course, Christ came to pay the penalty for our sin. His death, I love this, his death paid the penalty for our sin. And then his life within us gives us the power over right. sin in right. this momentary battle that goes on 24, even in my dreams, I, I'm tempted. <laughs> I'm tempted to beat up people. We talked about that in my dreams. And I, I yielded that temptation, but I only beat up bad people. Right, right. Yeah. He, he's the, he, he only goes after the bullies. That's right. You know, that's right. With I'm a rear naked choke. I'm the protector of the innocent in my dreams. I'm so tough in my dreams, but even there, so my bloody. nature is still to, uh, you know, still it's, it's the same nature. It is. Well, and that's the thing. It doesn't go away. And these impulses, you know, I think about people that are trying to quit smoking mm -hmm. and what happens is we give in to the uneasy you don't even think about it. your hand just goes to that pack of cigarettes mm -hmm. and they're done that yeah we did and and we don't like we don't like being uncomfortable mm -hmm. and we don't like denying ourselves even if what we're denying ourselves is bad mm -hmm. it's, it's the insanity of the of the human mind and we know it's bad and uh I know I'm type two diabetic and somebody puts a nice dessert in front of me and, uh, yeah, you forget you're a diabetic. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got a, a friend of mine who is on the verge of being a diabetic and he had surgery and I told him, I was like, dude, don't eat sugar or that thing is never going to heal. And then you're going to have worse problems. And when I say worse problems, man, it could literally lead to amputation. Mm -hmm. So leave the sugar alone. 
And I was like, dude, if you eat the sugar, I'm straight up kicking your butt, right? I mean, because we know that the impulse is, especially after having surgery, you can't move around a lot. You, you, you got to sit still. Now you're bored. And what's the first thing we want to do when we're bored? I know what I want to do. <laughs> we want to eat, right? And Bring me some ice cream. <laughs> know, right? That'll make me better. And yet knowing, knowing that that sugar is your absolute enemy in that situation, you still eat it. Yeah. But we're talking today something more uh, sinister than sugar. Yeah. Um, sugar to our physical bodies, and uh, this is to our... Our, our, our spiritual, yeah, our walk our relationship yeah. with Christ, which affects our relationship with our right. way, our our mates, our kids, everybody. It does, you know. And and listen, every everyone deals with uh, the struggle of impulses. I think that's just the human condition, right? Mm-hmm. But it is normal to, as humans, to feel impulses. Mm-hmm. But part of being a Christian is to control them yeah without christ we just yield to them and don't even think about it don't even think about it yeah and and then they have the control over us and they destroy us well what we're going to look at is that uh, impulses have been a struggle for us since the fall yeah the very beginning going back to the beginning eve saw the fruit that it was desirable right i mean all of a sudden to the eyes that desire to make one wise which Mm. was a big fat lie yep and so in genesis 3 6 we see so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate it. So what we see is, literally, there's three ways that we can sin. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes. Pride of life. One, two, three. All three right here, right? We got, uh, she saw that the tree was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes. And here's the pride, uh, desirable to make one wise. Pride of life, right? Yeah. Uh, you got lust of the flesh where she saw it was good for food. You got uh, lust of the eyes that was pleasant to the eye. And then you got lust of the flesh, or I mean pride of life. Mm-hmm. It'll make me wise. I never saw that in that verse before. Yeah. I came to teach and I'm learning. All three, all three right there. That's beautiful. It's kind of amazing how the Bible just says the same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah, because if you go to First John chapter 2... We see that these are the three. Yeah, yeah. I believe it's chapter two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know it's First John, but we see that all the three ways to sin are right here. They've never changed. They never will change. And so these are the three areas that you have to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. If you don't protect yourself there, those impulses when they come, you will respond just like Eve. Mm-hmm. Often these impulses they seem really strong, right? So strong that they overpower scruples, commitments, and common sense. Which, by the way, common sense isn't so common nowadays. (laughs) I'm just saying. Notice that. Yeah, it's out the window. Common sense is gone, dude. I don't. uh, Some people, I don't even see. There are still people that that stand and argue for and in favor of Joe Biden. And I don't get it. Johnny, I explained that to you many times. Two plus two is five. <laughs> I, I don't no get it. You can't get that, man. I don't, I, my brain will not receive it. Like you have this guy that's absolutely destroying America in every decision he makes. And people will still stand there and argue for him. And I'm just wondering, like, like where is the common sense that you can't see the evil? But then we also realize that Satan blinds the minds yeah. of people. And I know this has nothing to do with political, but that's a beautiful example of how common sense doesn't exist. Yeah, critical thinking is gone. It's gone. You know, and, uh, but we we just have to get back to the scripture. This is yeah. foundational to it our is. thinking. Yeah. This is foundational on are, are we going to continue to grow and walk close to Jesus and finish well. That's right. I think about that all the time now. I'm almost 68 years old, and I want to finish well. And in the scripture, so few do. Right. There were there were like a seven wow, good kings. Wow, think about that. There were seven good kings, and only like two or three of them finished well. Yeah. And I mean, they weren't horrible guys, but they just kind of really messed up late in their lives. I don't want to do that. I yeah. need Jesus. Well, and you know, the thing is, sometimes we feel like giving in is our only option. And I listen to people when they're talking, and, and they'll they'll tell a white lie. Right. Right. Cause I mean, let's face it. A white lie is far better than a black lie. Oh, yeah. You know, forget the fact that a lie is a lie and we're not going to look at that. And uh, you'll, you'll hear people, they'll tell a lie and you go, 
Why did you do that? Oh, I didn't want to hurt their feelings. Oh, no, 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 no. You told a lie because it's self-preservation. You didn't want them to think bad of you for telling mm -hmm. them the truth, mm -hmm. right? So we, what happens is we go, oh, our only option is to sin for the betterment of society. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when it comes to the lying, right? Yeah. For example, we had an incident where my, this friend made cookies and asked my daughter to taste the cookies. And she tasted them and she said, they were horrible. And I said, did you tell your friend they were horrible? I didn't want to hurt her feelings. Well, listen, you know why the friend asked? Because the friend trusted your opinion and then you lie to protect your friend when in reality you didn't protect anyone. It is that impulse to feed self. That's why we do. Yeah, it's at the core. That's the everything. core. Yeah, we, we get to thinking of self-preservation instead of truth. Exactly. You no, know, in the Bible, truth and love, you almost can't separate them. You can't. You know. You can't. Yeah. Jesus even says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You'll do what's right. Because keeping his commandments are what puts us on the right track. So isn't it amazing? Our nature is just completely contrary to this, isn't it? It is. Completely. The, the, listen, this is a real battle, a real fight that everyone fights. You're not alone. The idea of this podcast is to equip you to be successful, to be fruitful, and to glorify God. So we start with a premise. Misery loves company. <laughs> exactly. We're all in this, dude. We're all we're all in yeah, it. Yeah. And it doesn't get easier for anybody. No. Now, some people will make it look easy, but maybe that's just because they've learned how to surrender to Jesus better than we have. And it can be a facade too. And it can God, be a facade. God knows. Exactly. Yeah. So Yeah. But the the idea is that we do what's right because we have impulses to make Frivolous purchases, right? Mm -hmm. Why do they put the candy right in front of you at the grocery store when you're checking out? You got to stand there and look at yeah. it for 90 seconds. Man. Right? Yeah, you just ah. look at And then you give in, right? We have impulses to overeat. Like we're never going to eat again, right? Yeah, or that, bring it up before Thanksgiving. I, <laughs> but that's what we do. It's like, oh, I'm going to eat, day. eat, I, eat, eat. I come over here and you ruin my day, John. Yeah, <laughs> right? Because I want to yield to these temptations. We do. Yeah, it's, it's our nature. We went to a uh, men's sporting event. Uh, Scott Baldwin was there. And, of course, he's skinny preacher as friend. a rail. Yeah, he's, preacher a, pre he's a preacher friend. And, uh, and he's skinny as a rail and my plate's all loaded up and his just has a few things here and there. And I'm like, dude, aren't you going to eat? He goes, I don't like feeling full. Ooh, I do. <laughs> and I went, dude, you almost made me feel bad <laughs> because what was I doing? I was, over, dude, I was eating everything, right? Because I wanted to try it all. And, and here he's controlling himself and I'm being a glutton mm -hmm. and I'm like, Deep down, I went, I hate you. That's probably why he's building a great church. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's able to, to he's control. He's a very, dis very disciplined man. He I, is. I love that guy with all my heart. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's so disciplined and, uh, in, in everything that he does. So we have a tendency to make frivolous purchases. We have a tendency to overeat. Uh, we have a tendency to have illicit sex. We have a tendency to do so many things that we shouldn't do. Yes, I lust after Harley-Davidson motorcycles <laughs> and Honda Goldwings, both. Oh, I will say this. Those are two of the best bikes out there. I'm just going to say. So I you got I good taste, cord when right? I brought that up. Yeah, I, um, you know, of course, I've, uh, in 36, 37, 38 years that I've been riding, I've never even dropped a motorcycle in a parking lot until the last three years. The last three years, the lady goes left to center, hits me head on, totals the motorcycle. And then three, four months ago, a deer runs out in front of me, a buck, and I T-boned the buck, hit, hit him doing about 65, totaled that motorcycle. And now I'm on my third motorcycle. <laughs> In three years, I'm on my third motorcycle. You can see where his impulses come from. And, I'm like, and people go, don't you think you need, don't you think God's trying to tell you something? And I'm like, yeah. I'll take the motorcycles. I'll spare you. So keep getting motorcycles. <laughs> Dude, that, the head on though, that was a little bit of a tricky one. Yeah, I'm praying for you, man. Right. Uh, but as we look in the Bible, we see other people that struggle with impulses. Samson is probably yeah. 
our biggest example of yeah. an idiot that fails to control his impulses. Such a such a great guy in some senses and so stupid yeah. in others. Yeah. And it comes back to the yeah. impulse thing. Impulses, right? Yeah. And and Samson, by the way, if you don't know who Samson is, Samson is one of the judges. So this dude had great parents, kind of a supernatural birth. He was raised right, a Nazarite from the beginning. And and, uh, he kept that vow uh, through the days of his youth, and he was off to a great start. And then uh, the impulse thing took over. Yeah, and I tell you, he is the perfect illustration of the proverb 25, 28. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. You are completely exposed to the enemy at all times. That's that city broken down without walls. So if you can't control yourself, every time Satan comes in and tempts you, he's going to destroy. He, listen, the enemy comes in. You have no protection because you're failing to control yourself. And that you're going to be miserable because yeah. you're always under attack, always feeling guilty, always having to repent. When in reality, if you would just control yourself, that would go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. The great men of the Bible were overcome, not from enemies without, but from this impulses from within every great civilization is not crushed from military powers from without, but by corruption from within. within. Well, look, that's how they're destroying America is from, from from the impulses uh, of Americans, right? Lust of flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, uh, love of money is the root of all evil. Living it out. And how about David? David failed to control himself when he's standing up in his castle. He should have been out at war with his men. He decides to stay home. He looks out the window and what does he see? A naked woman on the roof. And instead of, and, and here's how, you know, this is an absolute failure is because he didn't just look at her Bathsheba and lust. He looked at her lusted and then went and got his guards and then told his guards, go down and get that woman and then waited for the woman to get to him and then come in. And then, I mean, it's just like, it, it was dude. The scriptures say when lust hath concede, it bringeth forth sin. And when mm-hmm. sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. Absolutely. And that's, and we're going to look at, we're going to look at that scripture here in a little bit, but that's exactly what happened. Right. Yeah. And for, Samson, um, for David, for Solomon. I mean, Solomon just, he just gave into the, why do you need a thousand (laughs) mother-in-laws? He might've been wise, but he wasn't smart. That's all I'm going to say. Right. He had to live with it. So yeah. And die with it. Yeah. Samson, he fails to control. So he sees this Philistine woman. He wants to marry her. So he tells his parents and his parents were like, no, 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 no. You're a Jew. You're a judge. No, 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 no. Right. And so here's what happens. He's like, look, this is the woman I want. Go get her. Look here, 14, one, uh, Judges 14, 1 and 2. Now Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. And they were like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. And he does it anyway because he can't control himself. He, he, he sees a woman, desires her, and the marriage lasted a week. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't a very happy week either, was it? And it was not a there happy was, week. There was no bliss. And so if he would have controlled his impulses and listened to wisdom or listened to, to his parents at this point, and uh, got even... Guys, even we know we can read the scriptures, we don't listen to the wisdom, or we talk to people and we don't listen to the wisdom, and then we do what Samson does, and and we we train wreck ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, he did it when he found honey, right? He eats the honey, and... Well, uh, it wasn't just the honey. It was out of the carcass of a dead animal. Yes. And he had taken the Nazarite vow, was forbidden by the law to touch anything dead. Yeah. So, yeah, the honey is the temptation thing, mm-hmm. but he completely waved the whole Nazarite thing. Like, he looks both ways. Nobody will know. Well, God always knows. God knows. And he uh, he yielded right. to that uh, temptation. And so what happens is he breaks a vow and ceremonially defiles himself. Yeah. Yeah. Judges 14, 8 through 9. And after some time... When he returned to get her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. He took some of it in his hands and went along eating. When he came to his father and mother, he gave them some, and they ate it also. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. Not only does he break a vow and ceremonially defile himself, but now he 
Kind of hiding it now, isn't he? And he adds other people in. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, but but isn't that when we fail to I'm only hurting myself, Johnny? That's another big fat lie, isn't it? Exactly. Because what we got to realize is we are our brother's keeper. Our actions is no different than throwing a rock in the middle of the pond. It causes waves that goes all the way to the shore, which in means every, in every direction, in every direction, and it affects everybody in that. And and we were like, oh, well, it's just me. It's just me. No, it is it's everyone. It's like when a thief can't control himself and he goes into Walmart and steals. And it's like, well, you know, they can afford it. Yeah, do you know why they can afford it? We are the ones that pay for their stealing. Yeah, they raise the prices, and everyone pays for it. Yeah, if they didn't, there would be no Walmart to go to. Exactly. Yeah. You know, insurance fraud. Oh, it's just me, you know, it doesn't. No, no. Because of so many insurance frauds, the rates go up. Everyone has to pay. It is the rock in the See, middle of the pond. But our flesh, the devil, the, and the world lies to us, and we just look inward. Oh, it's, we, just, we don't want to see the effect of right. our sin. Right. David didn't want to consider that as he sinned with Bathsheba, he was opening his own home, subjecting his own children to vanity. and, and His sin. entire household yeah. suffered. Yeah. Cost him the life of his firstborn. Yeah, the baby dies, and then he pronounces judgment as, as the prophet came in. He'll repay fourfold, quoting from the Old Testament law. He, yeah. David knew the law, and he quoted, he'll repay fourfold, and he did. The baby dies. Uh, his daughter Tamar is raped. By his son. By his son Amnon. Absalom kills Amnon, and then Absalom leads to civil war. He repaid fourfold. And then— This is real stuff, isn't it? Yeah, John? it is. And then he tells his first man, do not touch Absalom. And what's he do? Joab took him out. Took him out. I think that was the right thing Joab did. Oh, absolutely. But but either way, my whole point is... David was just a wreck. Because of David's impulse or failure to control his impulse, it cost him his son, his daughter's virginity, and her integrity, her shame. He brought shame upon her. Then cost another son, and then cost... Him another son. Yeah. I've heard of this phrase. I'll never forget it. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay. And cost you more than you want to pay. Absolutely. Every time. Yeah. And so if we don't control these impulses, guys, it will cost you more than you can imagine. Sometimes God extends grace, but there, there just comes a point where we can control our decisions, but we can't control the outcome. Yeah. So we're sounding a warning today. But that warning is to ourselves right? and, and, and to all, because it's every man's battle. Every, every woman every, every has a battle as well, but right, right. especially men. Uh, men have a little bit more of the issue with the lust of the flesh and the sexual mm-hmm. things. Women have more of a problem with the, the lust of the eyes and material things and security and all of that. Right. And uh, Yeah, in the name of security, they because they want security, it'll cause them to do make some silly decisions. Uh, um marriages that they shouldn't have gotten into all in the name of that security thing you're talking about. But, you know, listen, all of us have our problems. Uh, When we look at Samson, we see that he marries a woman he was told not to marry. It lasts a week. He violates himself, his vow and his uh, ceremonially defiles himself. And then he meets up with Delilah in Judges (laughs) chapter 16. Here we go again. He could not control himself, and he could never say no to Delilah. Mm-hmm. And if you read Judges chapter 16, you will see the ongoing process. And if he would have just established it in the beginning and told her, this is it, done, don't come to me again, he wouldn't, though. He kept playing games with her. She was a seductress. She was. There was one, and he knew it. He knew it. And she had already conspired uh, to take him down, but he was toying around with it. Yep. I'd think, Samson, how could you be so dumb? And that was it. He played with sin and lost. Sure did. You know, and that's the crazy thing. So Samson, if you know anything about him, he has crazy physical strength. Great physical strength. I mean, he could. Supernatural. Supernatural. And I'm just going to tell you, 
probably the strongest man ever. And so even with all this great physical strength, it just goes to show that the flesh is no ally in the battle against. Yeah. Say that again, John. This is a very powerful theological statement. Yeah. You could have great physical strength, but it goes to show that the flesh is no ally in the battle against the flesh. I've pondered Samson a lot through the years, and sometimes I think maybe that physical strength that he did have kind of blinded him a little bit. Well, it made him feel invincible. Yeah, that's a terrible thing when we feel that way. Right. It feels good, though. Listen, as when I was a young man, I could do anything. Nothing got in my way. I was invincible, I'm, and I did some crazy stuff, right? I walk into a bar, and I could whoop anybody, anybody in the bar. Anybody. Yep, yep. Yeah, and if I couldn't this week, I will next week. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but what we have to understand is that to control these physical impulses, it is a spiritual battle that has to be won spiritually. Mm-hmm. Duke. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the point yeah. of strongholds. Yeah. Second Corinthians 5.17 tells us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things have become new. As believers, we are new. We're no longer bound to these sinful natures and these, these sinful impulses. Now, mind you, it doesn't mean that they're not there. It means we're not bound to them. Mm-hmm. Right? If we read Romans uh 6, 17 through 18, it shows that we're a process of sanctification, the process of growing spiritually. It says, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. In other words, they obeyed to the gospel. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Once we receive Christ as our Savior, we are free from this stronghold of sin. We got a greater power now, the Holy Spirit. Yes. The problem is most people ignore that. And then they use this excuse, which frustrates me to no end. Well, pastor, I'm only human, and you know human sin. That is a lousy excuse because the scriptures say that you've been set free from sin. So therefore, to claim that I'm only human and human sin is a bogus proclamation because the Holy Spirit is now in you. A provision has been made for some victory. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Romans 6, 7, and 8 are really the the crux of Scripture on this battle from yeah. within. And, you know, as a little ch- child, uh, got little grandkids upstairs, and they, we see them every day, and they're like, why, Papa? Why? Why, Daddy? Why? Why? You know, and we come to God on this battle and say, Why? Romans yeah. eight twenty. I'm just going to hit this real quick. This is my main part of my investment in, in this message. God tells us why. I'm going to quote this scripture. probably won't jump out at you. Then we'll back up for just a second, look at things a little bit more closely. I think you'll have an aha moment. Mm-hmm. Here it goes. Romans eight twenty. 20. Uh, for the creature, you and I, were made by who? God. Does God make mistakes? No. Is God perfect? Is God smart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the creature, you and I were made by God. How? How did he make us? Subject to vanity. That's Mm -hmm. the issue we're talking about, the impulse thing. Mm -hmm. Subject to vanity. Not willingly. I don't want to be like this. If I could run to an altar, say a prayer, and never sin again, I'd Oh, my goodness. I'd be all over it. Or a creed that we could memorize and never sin again. Yeah. But there is no such altar. There is no such creed. You and I were made by God. Uh, subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him, God has a reason for everything, who hath subjected us to this vanity, to this uh, impulse thing. Last two words, oh, in hope. In hope. In hope. And you do the part about bringing children into the world. Yeah, well, and that was the thing. You and I talked about yeah. that. That I need a sip of coffee. When, so you tell that part. When we bring children into the world, we realize we are subjecting ourselves to um, expense. Uh, yeah, <laughs> especially if you got girls. 
college. Weddings and college. <laughs> right? So you're subjecting yourself to expense. You're subjecting yourself to heartache. because Sleepless nights. Yeah. Dirty diapers. Horrible smells. And then as they get older... Boys are calling. <laughs> I just struck a note with Johnny. Yeah, there. listen, I've, I've told every boy that has wanted to date my daughters, if you violate my daughters in any way, you hurt my daughters in any way, I'm going back to jail. <laughs> I'm a gun owner. <laughs> the yeah. operative word is back. As a matter of fact, one of them went... Back to jail? <laughs> I have no problems serving my time for with a crime that I'm about to commit. <laughs> but, but but the thing is, so we bring these kids expensive, heart can break our hearts. Why do we bring them in the world? To in words. hope. In hope. In hope. And God could have taken away that yeah. sinful nature yeah. the moment we believe, but he did not. Mm-hmm. He will take away that sinful nature. When we shall see him, mm-hmm. we shall be like him. him. But now he lets it be. Right. In well, hope. And, and verse 21 goes on to say, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. He's kind of built in a dependency, a codependency. Yes. He wants us to lean in on him. Just like our kids, they lean completely in on us. And we love them. We kiss their boo-boos. We teach them to walk. We feed them. We clean them up. We get them educated. We teach them to ride a bike. We love them, love them, love them, love them. And then someday right. they get it and they love us right. back. Right. God says there's no temptation taking you but what is common to man. And then he says this, but I've given you a way of escape. Yeah, the way of escape. I used to look at this completely as a problem, you know, my impulse thing, and oh, Lord, help me, and he does. But I see it in a little bit different light now as I've grown a little bit. I see it, I call it the critical moment. You're just doing life, and, you know, it's it's anywhere, anywhere, right. anytime. Driving right. down the road, and I'm always in a hurry because i got to go here, i got to go there. And some old lady gets in front of me driving way too slow. Oh, my slow. goodness, dude. And, you know, and uh, I don't, at the, in the moment, I don't realize it's an old lady. And I and then the Look, even in the moment when I realize it, I don't care. Well, you know, and then I get the spirit. Pull over. The Holy Spirit convicts me so bad. It's like, you are an idiot, Duke. And then right, I'm like, I right. agree with him. You are right, Lord. Thank right. you that this dear old gal can still drive. Yeah. And, and then he, he, he quickens me. He well, because me here's the reality. They're doing the speed limit. We yeah. don't want to do the yeah. speed limit. See, that road rage can come upon me. Yeah. And that's not yeah. the spirit. That's yeah. the flesh. Yeah. I, I sat back and go, okay, Lord, you're saving me from a ticket. Thank you. And then I settle in. <laughs> I say that, but I don't mean it. <laughs> right? My flesh is flesh. But, you know, I used to like, oh, no, oh, no, no. And then I think God says, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. In that moment where my flesh, you know, I know what my flesh will do. My flesh will lust. My flesh right. will be proudful. Uh, I, I know what my flesh will do. My flesh is the same as anybody else. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit is with me. Right. He points it out. And that's my greatest opportunity. You know, when Paul was talking about, I count not myself to have apprehended that one, this one thing I do, forgetting those things behind, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's right. The high calling wasn't to be a preacher. He was already there. It wasn't to be an apostle. Oh, that's right. the highest calling. No, no, no. The highest calling isn't to be an apostle. The highest calling is in that moment. Yeah. To tell Jesus you love him. And to be what he, him. that's right, to be and what yielding. he called you to be. Yeah, and yielding in that yep. moment is our greatest opportunity to worship. Right. And, you know, if, we, if, we're, if we're conquering those little moments when nobody's around and that lady pulls out in front of us and we're just in the spirit. And, and, and yeah, because it, we're not alone. You know, that lust of the flesh is there, that, that, mm-hmm. that sexual thing, and we just tune it out. Oh, Lord, no. Look upon the, the younger women as sisters. Uh, older women as mothers in that, that moment of yielding to Jesus. Right. Oh, man, that's where the victories. And, and that's what you're, you know, you're talking about Paul, you know, Paul's mature, but even mature believers struggle with impulse control. Romans seven eighteen through 25, which is part of what you were talking about. It says this, for I know that in me, this is Paul talking, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how, how to, perform, to perform it, 
I can't find. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. <laughs> and then he goes into 19. For the good that I will to do or desire to do, want to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do or don't want to do, that's what I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. That old man, <sighs> the Adamic man, the and, flesh. And it just keeps coming back if we don't control it. Verse 20, now if I do what I will not to do, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. That is where Satan begins in your thought process. Mm -hmm. if, he can, if he can get you those fiery darts, if he can get you thinking of crazy things, reminding you of the past, putting things in your face that he knows because, you know, he pays attention to what we pay attention to. He knows our weaknesses. That's right. And so he puts that in our face. He's going to do whatever he can to trip us up. Verse 22 says, Paul says, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. He says, there's a thing going on in my mind that keeps me in prison. That's that captivity, right? That, that I keep getting locked up by. Verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then in 25, he actually answers the question that he asked in 24. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. It is through Jesus Christ that we have this deliverance. Mm -hmm. We might be subjected to a world of sin, but we do not have to subject ourselves to the world of sin. We have um, a will. We can say yes and yield right. ourselves yep. unto sin, or we can say no by the power of the Holy Spirit to say no to sin, to say no to self, and say yes to Jesus. I call that uh, uh, the critical moment, mm -hmm. a moment of worship him or worship self. The Spirit produces self-control, the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.23, gentleness self-control against such there's no law in other words there's nothing to arrest you for if you have self-control and we have that because of the holy spirit verse 24 and those who are christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit let us not become conceited provoking one another envying one another so on and so forth but that's, that's the answer right there. Those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We don't have to surrender to these impulses. We don't have to give in to them because we can control ourselves because of the Holy Spirit. I think that's exactly what Jesus was talking about when he said, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. That, again, we'll go back to that critical moment, that moment of worship. Is it going to be him or me? Right. And when we choose me, 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 nobody can stand us. We make idiots out of ourselves. And when we yield, we yield, we yield to him. Then he is on the throne of our heart. He makes us beautiful. Right. He makes us uh, kind and all those fruits of the spirit you just read. Second Timothy 1.7 says we've been given the spirit of self-discipline. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, of power, that which to control ourselves, of a sound mind, that which we know and understand what is right and wrong, and then the power to do what is right. I call it the power surge. There's a power surge of the spirit in that critical moment, and we say yes to Jesus. And I think that's the greatest moment of glory. You know, I think, oh, I want to build a church and that our church will build another church and people will get saved and all that's wonderful. Oh my goodness. But I think all of that is really the result of this. Absolutely.
The little things, yep. the little foxes spoil the vine, or the little, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, walking in spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. He conforms us to the image of Christ. People see him in us, and it's like, boy, he's he's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he makes, uh, I mean, if people knew who you were and yep. who I was. And they wouldn't have today, liked us a whole lot. No, 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 we're, uh, we're dirt balls. Yeah. Uh, Remember, you, you shared the story about the, the girl at the football game when you called her by name, and yeah. she goes, it's true true because why well because you weren't a nice guy before and you never called me by my real name nasty nasty names for years at school right i got saved and immediately that nasty name was gone never we entered my mind isn't that crazy right and she uh she she was a christian girl Mm -hmm. i was treating her terrible for years and uh oh man i'm so so glad to be delivered from that well stupidity first now think about the word stupidity because first peter 13 talks about stupidity 13 through 15 and it says this therefore gird up the loins of your mind in other words grab hold of them and and hold them accountable gird up the loins of your mind be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance now there's that big o word o obedience it's kind of slipping away from the even the christian yeah. uh, vocabulary these yeah. days i think we need to slip it back in because yeah we really do jesus talked about it a lot didn't he like you said when you get saved you didn't even enter your mind to call that girl all those other names you called her by her name which is verse 14 as obedient children not conforming yourselves to the former lust or the former actions mm-hmm. As in your ignorance, because you didn't know better then. But, man, when you get the Holy Spirit, now you know better. Now you're empowered. You don't have to surrender to these impulses. Verse 15 calls us to action. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. He calls us to action and expects us to be obedient and expects us to do what's right because we're no longer ignorant and we're no longer alone. Yeah. Remember the great hymn that we don't sing enough trust and obey or there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but trust and obey. You know, this isn't rocket science. It really comes down, you know, just raising children, going back to the children illustration. They just have to come back. This is a wrong thing to do and there's consequences for it. This is the right thing to do and there's reward for it. And in, when kids get that, right? Oh my goodness! When they get that, they're 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 wonderful at school. They're wonderful at well, school. because what happens is we realize and they realize that self control is not simply an exercise of volition. Mm-hmm. We rely upon the Holy Spirit. We rely upon the grace of Jesus Christ, and it comes from love. Mm-hmm. L- listen, our obedience and self control. Our imp- when we control our impulses, literally, it comes from the foundation of love. John 14, 15 through 16. Jesus says this, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you, if directly you, connected. Direct, if Almost you, one in the same. Absolutely. Yeah. If you love me, do what I've asked you or told you to do. And then he says this, if you do that, if you become obedient. If you fall in line with doing what is right, Jesus says in verse 16, and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Power surge. (laughs) Our obedience puts God in gear to move on our behalf to help us. I love to tell this story. I think I shared it once before podcast in the past. My six-year-old daughter, firstborn, always would say, Dad, who's the big boss? Who's at the store, at the anywhere? Who's the big boss? And one day I asked her, like, why do you always ask that question? She looked at me like I was a dummy. And she goes, duh. You find out who the big boss is, and you're really nice to him, then you get what you want. <laughs> right? A lot of yeah. truth in that one, isn't there? Kind of made her think mom's the big boss at the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah. so she got it, yeah. you know, and that girl never broke our trust. 
Right. And she has raised three children that haven't broken her trust right. on anything more than, you know, just maybe didn't yeah. do a chore or something. Right, but right. They've not broken her trust, but she got it. Mm-hmm. She she just figured this thing out, and I mean she's a, a you know she's forty three years old now and just has in full time ministry. Right. Amazing, right? These things really work. They, they do. really work. They do. So what we see is that we control our impulses from a foundation of love. We saw that in John fourteen fifteen through sixteen, but we also work from a foundation of truth. When we look, when we know the truth. We can identify the falsehoods. We can identify corruption. We can identify sin. And then we do what's right. John 8, 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then Jesus goes on and says, you'll be free indeed. Indeed. Uh, He must get such joy when we yield to him. Yeah. And so out of love, we do what's right because we know the truth or the word of God. And then we're set free. No guilt, no shame, no anxiety. Freedom! Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Braveheart, I'm sorry. Just, just yeah. I've never seen that movie. Oh, John. Everyone keeps telling me, you're like, you got to watch Braveheart. We'll do it together. Man. We'll have to sit down because I've never watched Braveheart. I've only watched it 17 times. I know. <laughs> that's so funny. You will love it. Listen, it's we... It's kind of a man's movie. It's kind of a guy. Well, that's what I guy, keep hearing. It's a guy flick. I got to watch it. I got to watch the guy. Flick. He beats up a lot of bad guys. You'll love it. The only thing, I, here's the craziest thing. The only thing I watch on TV is MMA. <laughs> You'll love Braveheart. I'm telling you. And I don't even watch it live. I watch it pre-recorded so I can fast forward through the commercials because I don't want to see the commercials. Mm-hmm. I just want to see people beat each other up <laughs> and then I'm done. <laughs> Johnny, you're almost as dumb as me, oh, man. Almost. I'm that close. I'm, I'm ruining you, man. I'm that close. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Listen, we can identify falsehoods. We can identify sin. We can identify all that which will divide us, take us down, surrender us to the enemy. We can we can identify all of that because we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. See, when we get saved, the Holy Spirit comes within us and lives inside of us and then becomes our conscience, which then tells us, uh-uh, no, no, yep, yep, you go there. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. No, no, stay away from that. Watch out. Red flag, red flag. I mean, we get all this he makes us sensitive, sensitive yeah. to people's needs, yeah. sensitive to foul language. I used to have a filthy mouth, mm-hmm. and I got saved, and immediately right. the Holy Spirit said, you need to watch what you say. Yeah, And, it, and there was, that was the, probably the first and quickest victory. People said, wow, don't you cuss anymore? I said, well, I still do on the inside a little bit, but right. by the grace of God, not on the outside. Right. That's the other thing. Listen. First, we love God. I I just want people to see this progression. Our foundation of obedience is love for God. Then when we know truth, we're no longer ignorant, and the Holy Spirit works in us, right? Because we have the mind of Christ, we understand this. And then, uh, and also, the only way we can have the mind of Christ is if we read and learn the Scriptures. That way we understand the truth, and we can recognize truth and recognize a lie or recognize that which is contrary to Christ. So when our minds now, in our minds, there's no longer a playground for Satan, but it is now a controlled place to honor God. Ooh, controlled place to honor God. That's That's, what it is. That's beautiful. But there's a progression. It's salvation, love, understanding obedience which is obedience yet brings obedience and then there's a surrender Mm. and if we fail listen if we fail to learn the word of god we fail to understand who god is and then we fail to surrender to god because in our minds we think it's okay to keep living the life that we're living because god loves me just the way i am and that's not true. I mean, God, it is true. God loves you just the way you are. But, but he doesn't want to leave you where you are. He will not leave you where yeah, you are. Yeah. He cleans the fish that he catches. Amen. Absolutely, right? If we read in Romans chapter 6, which you talked about, impulse comes from the sin nature to which we're no longer slaves to. Amen. As a Christian. 
you know, uh, as, as a believer, this is the battle that I face every day. And I just have a couple steps when you gave me the, the topic today and it hit them really quick. Our daily walk makes all the difference in the world. If we, if we start out our day worshiping, get into word, get his word in our heart and we yield to him in the morning, right. uh, Lord guide me today. It's yeah. your day. Number two, I avoid as many uh, temptations as is possible. There's places that I don't go because the temptation is there waiting for me. Exactly. When I go to Florida in winter, there's beaches I do not go to <laughs> right? because temptation is waiting for me. Do Thank they God. still have nudist beaches down there? Well, I don't know, John. I'm <laughs> sure they do, but that's the places I do not go. <laughs> and I have a wonderful woman who will make sure that... I was going to wait for you to go, <laughs> yes, and I'm going to, how do you know? <laughs> uh, we have beaches where uh, very unattractive, physically unattractive people go to. I love those beaches. Because when I go to those beaches, I look at the water, I'm looking at the birds, I'm list, I'm smelling the surf. Yeah, because there's nothing else there that catches yeah, your so, attention. But you know, for, and, and we're making fun of it, but in reality, you avoid as many right. temptations as possible. You, right. The Bible puts it this way: make no provision for the flesh. For the, exactly. And so, you know, right. the magazines go, the wrong ones, the uh, TV. You know, we never got that pay TV where the right. dirty stuff would come in, and even now, on the non-pay TV stuff is like, no, we're not going there. You know. Well, that's Romans chapter six you're talking about in six one what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound certainly not how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into christ jesus were baptized into his death therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also should walk in newness of life and that's what you're talking about that your daily walk is decisions to go, I'm not going to go to a beach that's going to trip me up. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to look at something, do something, whatever, that's going to cause me to go back to the old nature. Yeah, my old nature's there waiting for me. Oh, my goodness. It I doesn't mean, leave. And it doesn't make me happy. In the moment, it gratifies right, me. And then right. it makes me embarrassed. It shames God. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's just wrong, and it hurts other people right. that I don't right. want to hurt. Right. Last thing I see there is I call, I, I keep busy. The, there's that thing, idleness is mm, the, the devil's, devil's playground. Workshop. Yeah. And, and so uh, I keep busy. You know, we have uh, our conscious. Mm -hmm. Right now we're focused, and we have our subconscious. And my subconscious can bring back stuff oh my goodness. that I want to be left back there. And so I know that the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I know that as I discipline myself and I focus, you know, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are a virtue of uh, That's think what you think on, on these things. Right. So I have that, that planned, uh, uh, focus of my mind to keep busy doing right, right things to yield myself to the work of God. And as I do, my focus is there and it drives the bad stuff back further in my subconscious That's right. That's right. and I just have a good day. Well, because it becomes less and less and less and less valuable to yeah, you. Yeah. And just kind of out of sight, out of mind. Absolutely. You know? Second Corinthians 10, five talks about the very, that very thing, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Kind of neat how the Lord fit that together. Right. John has a real gamble when he has me sit next to him because he never knows what's going to come out of my mouth next. <laughs> right. Well, cause, and, but that's the beauty, I think, of the podcast is we really don't sit down. And, and, and we might go over the topic, but we don't sit down. And go over who says what, which <laughs> can, <luck. laughs> it can be a little, it can be a little scary, right? He, uh, I'm the guy that let, let, teaches Johnny how to fly by the seat of his pants. He's got all these wonderful plans and all organized. Then he sits down next to me, yeah, and I got to pull you in and go, dude. You need Jesus, dude, man. dude, dude. <laughs> over here, over here, right? Get back out of, I get you out of, get me out of the ditch, Johnny. So, so listen, when we take every thought into captivity. We can know truth and we do it through truth because we have been declared holy. Romans 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, meaning we're looked at just as if we'd never sinned. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Listen, we're declared holy, justified. 
And because of that, we have the mind of Christ. We have the power of the Holy Spirit, which allows us to uh, better able to challenge our thoughts and choose our actions. Yep, amen. And then the Bible calls us overcomers. First John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I remember in, in the early days when I overcame, say language, I overcame uh, alcohol, drugs, overcame this. I had never overcome anything in my life. It just dominated me. And in Christ, I started to overcome. Right. Wow. It's well, and, sacred. And then that's when you realize that you were not, and we are not, at the mercy of our impulses. We're not, because Christ delivers us from that. So, so when people go, I can't control myself. No, 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 no. There's one of two problems. One, you are not saved. Or two, you don't love God enough, or you don't love God more than you. Yeah. You know, Johnny, I have one phrase that summarizes this whole topic uh, for me. Our greatest problem is our greatest opportunity. It really is. You start looking at it that way. Wow. I have an opportunity to love Jesus. Well, that is our opportunity to show the power of God in us. Yeah. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in, in us. us. Oh, man. So we have no excuses. We really don't. These people that come up and use all the excuses in the world that they have, the reality is you're justifying your sin because you don't want to let go of that which you can't control your impulses of. You can't, but he can. It's good news. Well, he only can if we're interested in letting him. Yeah, there's that yield, that yield button. Yeah, because the reality is, listen, God is not going to come in and make you be righteous. In the same token, though, he gives you everything, gives us everything we need to be victorious and to be righteous. And we also have to understand, if you don't control your unrighteousness, he'll call you home. To deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, but the spirit would be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus, 1 Corinthians 5.5. 5. Exactly. Yeah, so... Now that one preacher said it this way, ain't nobody getting away with nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you think you got away with something, but I'm telling you, God knows and he'll, he'll deal with it. If you don't, that, yeah. that's the cool part though. He's long suffering. Yeah. You, Lord. He will deal with it. If you don't, mm -hmm. don't make, <laughs> don't make me tell your daddy. Right. My mama used to say. <laughs> yeah. But he, he gives us the opportunity to. Um, to reap a harvest, right? If we say no to sin. Look here in Hebrews 12, 11. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Man, if we just subject ourselves to Christ in his way rather than to Satan in his way, because that's, listen, that, that is one or the other. Either you are living for your father if you're saved uh, or you are living for your father if you're not saved, and that is either God or Satan. And then the, the crazy thing is we get adopted out of this family of ugly and nasty and mean and sinful and, and disastrous, right? God adopts us out of that family. And how many times have you seen adopted children want to go back to their original parents who left them and abused them. And that's what we do as Christians. We leave God who delivers us from all the ugly and gives us all this amazing uh, deliverance and peace and understanding and knowledge and joy and comfort. And we tell God, uh, I want to go back to my father, Satan, and live in that world for a while. And we don't have right. to do that. that. Remember that hope we were talking about, the children? And, and we hope that our children don't go to Satan. But, and God hopes that we don't go back mm -hmm. to Satan. Listen, impulse control 
is made more difficult due to underlying anxiety, uh, underlying sin that hasn't been controlled, uh, underlying, may, maybe you have a brain abnormality and that causes, you, you know, I, we talk about being bipolar and you need medicine for that, whatever it is, but man, God says, I've given you a way out. So no matter what it is, we've lost our excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we're, now we do what we do because of reason. We reason, reason it out him. in hope. Exactly. It's and a love thing, ain't it? It is. And so we will either reason our way to sin or we will use our reason of love for God to not sin. And he wants us to love him. Yeah. So overcoming an impulse involves both knowing God's truth and using the tools that he has given us to modify our behavior. He's not left us uh, alone. Has he, he? He's not. He's equipped us. He's given us everything that we can have victory. But if we don't want that victory, rest assured, uh, you will go down in defeat. Yeah. At the hands of Satan. And so needless. It really is. So regardless of the exact methods we employ to control our impulses, we say with Paul in Philippians 3.14, he says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, the only way we're going to have victory, the only way we're going to control our impulses, the only way we're going to glorify God is if we grab hold of ourselves, take control of that which God has given us, and that is our mind and our body through the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can show God and the world that we love Jesus by controlling our impulses. Guys, I hope this has helped you. If it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.